Welcome to Slow Stories. I'm Rachel Schwartzman, the founder of Connected Editorial and the host and creator of this podcast. For those of you just joining in, Slow Stories is a series that deep dives into the rising slow content movement. In each of these episodes, I interview brand builders, entrepreneurs, and creative professionals who share what slow content means in the context of what they're building and why slowing down and creating thoughtful stories is more important than ever. Today's episode begins with an opening story from Naomi Shaw, who shares the passage from a book that provides her with a universal reminder. Here's more from Naomi. Hey, this is Naomi Shaw. I am the founder of a modern media company called Meet Cute. We make 15-minute scripted audio romantic comedies. The excerpt that I'm revisiting today is from the book The Opposite of Loneliness by Marina Keegan. Marina was 22, just a few years younger than I am, when she died in a car crash, and her collection of essays and stories was published posthumously. Here's the excerpt. I blame the internet. It's inconsiderate inclusion of everything. Success is transparent and accessible, hanging down where it can tease but not touch us. We talk into these scratchy microphones and take extra photographs, but I still feel like there are just so many people. Every day, 1,035.6 books are published. 66 million people update their status each morning. At night, aimlessly scrolling, I remind myself of elementary school murals. One person can make a difference. But the people asking me what I want to be when I grow up don't want me to make a poster anymore. They want me to fill out forms and hand them rectangular cards that say, hello, this is what I do. And then the excerpt goes on a bit and it finishes with, I read somewhere that radio waves just keep traveling outward, flying into the universe with eternal vibrations. Sometime before I die, I think I'll find a microphone and climb to the top of a radio tower. I'll take a deep breath and close my eyes because it will start to rain right when I reach the top. Hello, I'll say to outer space, this is my card. So this passage makes me stop scrolling, so to speak, because it's a reminder that the pressure to do something different and to stand out is universal. And it's increasingly hard in a world where we're constantly updating ourselves on what everyone else is doing. Sometimes it just makes us feel like we're on a treadmill. And so for me, finding ways to actively get off that treadmill is important. Thank you so much again to Naomi for sharing. Again, the book she read from was The Opposite of Loneliness by Marina Keegan. Now here's my conversation with Jordan Taylor. Finding strength in numbers has taken on a whole new meaning and has shaped how we collectively navigate such a tumultuous time, one that has called much of how we live and work into question. Though if you ask Jordan Taylor, the question of what comes next ultimately ignites us to look inward and seek to learn new things about ourselves and others. This is the root of what Jordan is exploring with her newly launched company, Medley, which put simply, is a membership for curious, growth-minded people who want a structured, social, and accessible way to invest in themselves. Medley's mission draws on Jordan's experiences navigating modern life and recognizing that something was missing in an age of individual pursuit. Coupling this with the experiences of her co-founder and mother, Edith Cooper, the duo put their heads together and eventually tapped into the potential that comes when creating space for people from all walks of life to come together and engage in holistic growth. 
Furthermore, the narratives that have shaped Medley's thoughtful, community-driven experience have also impacted Jordan's story in ways that she could have never expected. Yet even as she writes the next chapter of her own story in a time of total uncertainty, she believes that one thing is for sure. Everyone should have a Medley. In this conversation, Jordan shared more about the people who inspired Medley's inception, the importance of diversity in storytelling, and what she's learned about embracing process over outcome. There's a lot to get into, so I won't give too much more away. And with that in mind, here's my conversation with Jordan Taylor of Medley. I'm Jordan Taylor. I live in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, I grew up outside of New York City in the suburbs, and I'm someone who has always enjoyed team sports and team environments. Right now, my current passions and hobbies are skiing, which is a bit challenging now, uh, considering we're at the end of summertime. I love music. I love dancing with people, um, and I enjoy being outside. My husband and I recently got a puppy. His name is Howie, and he's been bringing us a lot of joy uh, over the past few few weeks, especially. In terms of what I value in life, uh, I really value integrity. I never lie even about little things. Uh, it drives my husband crazy because when he tells stories, I take pride in correcting every single detail. And I really value time and uh, the laughter of people I love. I think that's been clear to me over the past few months, you know, in COVID, uh, I have really appreciated moments when I've been able to spend more time with my parents or, or see friends outside who I haven't seen in a while. Uh, and hearing laughter in person is like magic to my ears. I mean, it all makes sense given what you're doing with Medley. And it sounds like you're an extrovert's extrovert, <laughs> which is good. And I think too, you know, community is obviously something that's very important to you. And with that, you're exposed probably to so many stories and I'm curious, you know, as we kind of go through this time, if there is a particular story that made you slow down or kind of re-inspired your approach to building Medley. Yeah, um, stories are a huge part of uh, the Medley experience. And uh, I am someone who, as a child, you know, would write my own stories, would. Uh, I read Harry Potter, you know, like 15 times each book. Uh, I love hearing about other worlds and hearing about other people's lives. And I'm actually going to answer this in two ways. So at the beginning of starting Medley, before we even knew what it was going to be, uh, we did what many startups do and did customer interviews with potential Medley customers. And, you know, Medley is an experience that touches a lot of different parts of people's lives. So, you know, we're not just focused on work. We're not just focused on personal life. We're not just focused on relationships. And so in these interviews, uh, I would go pretty deep with, with under, on understanding who people are. And one conversation in particular was with a woman who lived in Alabama outside of Birmingham. She grew up um, her whole life in Alabama, went to school there. and. I just started asking, you know, pretty basic questions. What's your routine like? You know, where, how do you spend your time? What gives you joy? What gives you challenge? And I remember that conversation so vividly because her life and her day to day and her experience was just so different to mine. I've spent the majority of my life in the Northeast of the US. My immediate community is also with a lot of people who sort of grew up in, in the, the Northeast. And she described to me just a 
a very different set of challenges, a very different relationship with her community that I found honestly very aspirational. And after that conversation, I just was sort of sparked uh, to think like, wow, so many people's lives are so different to my own. And yet, you know, in the news and in my own social media, I don't have any exposure to that. Another source of of stories that have been giving me joy and inspiring me really from the start, I love the show Great British Bake Off for a couple reasons. Um, One, it sparked a big interest in baking for me over the past few years. It's this beautiful balance of art and science, and you can't rush it. It's it's an activity that's constrained by time, and you want to be able to focus, and you have to be in the moment. But also you get a glimpse into people's lives. Like you, you learn about what they're striving towards both in the show and outside and you get to see them grow over each episode. Uh, and that sort of experience is really motivating for me, like seeing uh, how people can grow over time and creating Medley as a vehicle for people to do that in a really thoughtful way. Yeah, it's really amazing. And I think what I'm really inspired by in terms of what you're building with Medley specifically um, is that it is creating more of a personal narrative around what it means to grow rather than telling you how to do it. It's the shared experience of, of creating space to talk about it and to kind of engage in this idea together. And I think, you know, on that note, it's worth mentioning that you also co-founded Medley with your mother, Edith. And I'm curious if there are aspects of her own story, whether personal, professional, creative, that have also resonated with you as you kind of enter this next chapter of your of your story. So building Medley with, with my mother, Edith, has been the greatest joy uh, of my life so far. And, and I tell her that all the time. You know, growing up, she was working a ton. I didn't get to spend... Uh, as much time with her as I as I would have hoped, but I valued having her as a role model more than anything else. A few pieces of her journey really inspire me in, in building Medley, but also on a day-to-day basis. So, you know, she professionally uh, rose up on Wall Street. She's a, she's a Black woman like myself, and she was in this mostly white, mostly male environment, yet still managed to use her ability to connect with people and to listen to people and to form deep relationships as really the hallmark of her career growth and one of the biggest contributors to her success. So she was a salesperson. She was really great at working with clients. And then she eventually moved over to to run um, human resources, essentially at Goldman Sachs for 10 years during the financial crisis. Uh, So that to me really represents a deep understanding of what of what really matters, you know, relationships with people and staying core to who you are in a big culture, in a big environment. It's, I find that super inspiring. Um, on the personal side, though, she is someone who always, when you meet her and in any relationship she has, and, you know, relationships are coming up multiple times with her, she makes you feel like you are the only person that she cares about in that moment. And she makes you feel like you can really do anything. And she asks questions with such a thoughtfulness and intention um, that she has an effect on people, you know, when they get to spend time with her, where they leave and they feel like uh, empowered, they feel inspired, they feel like they can really do anything. And I just think that, you know, having spaces where you can sort of expand your own world of possibility and expand what you think you can do are so critical for happiness and for growth. And she's always believed in me that I could really achieve anything that I wanted to do. And so 
you know, with Medley, we're really trying to create that space for people, the space for people to really, as you mentioned, tap into the process versus just an outcome, but start to dream and start to expand their own world of what they think their life can be like. I mean, she sounds amazing. I'd love to interview her at some point, but I think it's so special that she's instilled this sort of community first approach and outlook you know, at different probably critical phases of your own growth, just as a a person. Um, Is there a particular memory that you have of her telling you a story that has sort of resurfaced now? I know it's a little bit of a a broad question, but I find that when we are on the precipice of starting something new, there are aspects of our previous lives or selves that kind of come into the picture and and inform or remind us to not repeat the same mistakes or to kind of carry through some of the lessons that were instilled at an early age? So for her, I think one thing that she um, had to learn over the course of her career and that she's, that she's still learning is to really advocate for herself and assert her value and understand her, her value and her self-worth, not in a, in a purely monetary sense, really in a sense of recognizing and appreciating what she can uniquely bring to the table in her relationships, in her work life, in her uh, philanthropic endeavors, et cetera. And I think that's something that um, she's really tried to make sure that we do uh, as a business uh, and as a partnership and as, you know, as her daughter, she's really tried to encourage me to do that. Um, I'm trying to think if there's a specific moment that we often refer back to. You know, this this um, this isn't a moment, but it's a person who really inspired both of us. Um, so the name Medley actually comes from it's the last name of uh, O'Neill Medley. He was uh, my coach in high school. Um, sports were a huge space for me to to develop as a person and to grow and to learn about myself. But O'Neill was somebody who shaped who I am today and who my mom is as well at this point. I went to a, a, a private school um, outside of New York that was a, a largely white community, but he was a black man who originally was from Jamaica. And he definitely was someone who I felt like was always looking out for me. He had a saying, get your mind right. And uh, I, we became very close. I would work out with him after school, before school. And he just, he taught me that if I wanted to get something done, I just needed to work hard and do that, but still sort of treat myself with respect and treat others with respect at all times. And he got to know our whole family. Unfortunately, he passed away in a motorcycle accident when I was in college. And when I was thinking about, you know, how could, what would be the right name for a company, like what we're trying to create, he came up actually as a person that really inspired both Edith and I. And so we took his last name, Medley, and named the company after him. But interestingly, the word symbolizes and has so much more significance than that because it means like a varied mixture of people or things. And that's kind of what we're bringing together, both in terms of the community, but also in terms of representing like people's lives. Like everybody's life is a jumble of different things. And it's that beauty and that medley that uh, we try to, to help people navigate. Wow. I had no idea. And what a beautiful tribute. I'm sure he would just be blown away at, at what you've built um, now. Can you kind of envision what his response would be to all of this? Yeah, you know, he would have a <laughs> he, he would have a, a 
a smile on his face, um, he would he'd be like, you have more work to do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I think he would be, he would be very proud. He would be very proud to see us working on Medley together and he would want to be involved. Uh, and he would hopefully, you know, still be a part of both of our lives. Um, and yeah, I, I think, I like to imagine that he can, you know, sense in another world sort of what we're trying to create. And and uh, when we have tough moments building the business, because there's so many challenges creating something, I'm sure, you know, in your own experience, uh, we try to remember that this is greater than just what Edith and I are trying to do, that it's really a human need that people have to to get together and to grow with one another. And we try to keep him in our hearts. That's wonderful. And I think, you know, building on what you just mentioned, I've personally been thinking a lot about sort of the the phrases and the practices that we've come to know that are rooted in self. So self-care, self-starter, etc. And I think that up until this year, so much of our lives, both personally and professionally, were really driven by individual pursuit and achievement. And that was also fueled by this completely unsustainable pace. And that's something that's been coming up a lot in my recent conversations, especially through the lens of, you know, slowing down is obviously important, but it really only is positive, I guess, when it comes by choice. But I think as I've sort of reflected on that after these conversations, sometimes we we do need a forced sort of stillness to kind of regroup and recenter ourselves in, in terms of being able to kind of service the bigger picture and those around us. And so I think this is something that Medley inherently sort of has a mission to do as well. But I'm curious if you have a particular sort of position on pace and how you think the community first approach will sort of impact the Medley members' perspectives on their own relationship with pace and growth. Yeah, I mean, this is something that's really been core to Medley from the start and core to even how the business is designed and how the membership works. So, you know, what we found when we started understanding how people were thinking about their growth, you know, what experiences they were already involved in, is that there's just a crazy amount of low commitment experiences out there that whether it's an app that's, you know, designed and engineered to give you a dopamine rush every time you click on something, um, whether it's, you know, foods that give you that quick hit of happiness and pleasure uh, in your brain, you know, just these high stimulation experiences that ultimately aren't helping people in the long term navigate their lives and create a life that works for them. And so, you know, when someone joins Medley, they're committing to a year, which is a a pretty long time for something that is new to them, something that's new to the world. But what we found is that because of the way it's designed and because, you know, as part of the Medley experience, uh, everybody gets matched to a group that meets every month under the guidance of uh, an expert coach. Because of the way it's structured, everybody who who joins Medley and who's joined so far is actually looking for dedicated time to slow down. They say that in their applications. They say, I'm looking to get perspectives from other people. I'm looking to have uh, a structured way to reflect over a longer time period in my life. And I'm looking to take like a more holistic look at how I'm showing up in different ways. So 
Yeah, we we believe that this is one of our biggest differentiators is that we are taking this sort of longer term approach to Medley as an experience and as a community. And we believe that the community, especially in terms of the small group, but also the broader Medley community, um, is going to help people form relationships that in turn are going to be a lot stickier and a lot more valuable and contribute a lot more to people's happiness than something that, you know, is a 30 minute webinar or an app or something like that. I believe I read somewhere that Medley was originally going to be like a physical space. You know, obviously everything is virtual now, but do you think that the sort of inclusion of technology has sort of impacted the way that people kind of commit in terms of how they focus? Because I think, you know, something that we talk a lot about on this podcast, obviously, is about slowing down in all facets of our lives, specifically through the lens of living, working, and creating in our digital age. So I'm curious, you know, what your thoughts are in terms of that tension. Yeah, So we were originally supposed to launch in person for exactly the reasons you described, actually. The group experiences were going to be no phone zones. Uh, Medley space as well was meant to be offline. uh, And that's something that people were really excited about. And, you know, we did that and and we were planning on launching in person because we saw and believed that experiences with a high level of intention and presence, um, people were just much more willing to commit to those if if they were able to feel the energy in person and connect with others in a room and be in a physical environment that sort of reflects the values we're we're trying to create. I think what we what we saw during COVID and what we had to do immediately, you know, when everything shut down, it was very clear that we were not going to be launching a month later in Soho, New York. <laughs> That's completely impossible. And so we were resistant at first, actually, to trying sessions that met via Zoom because we just felt, you know, it's not going to be the same. You know, there's a lot of content that's online right now. How are we going to really differentiate? But we we did decide that we needed to learn. And so we actually hosted a bunch of free group sessions. And what we found were two things. One is the benefit of having people from different geographies is incredibly powerful. So, you know, Medley members are from, uh, I think, 11 countries around the world. You know, we have people from the coasts of the U.S., but a lot who who live in between uh, from Vermont to Colorado to Chicago to uh, Kansas. Like we are able to bring people together in a way that you can't do if you're located in one place. So we saw that and we said, okay, you know, if our core part of our value proposition is is perspective, like we're able to deliver on that in, in a better way if we just launch now. Uh, additionally, our member is someone who is excited about this intentionality. And so in the groups that we've had so far, people have been very, very present. You know, we've gotten feedback from coaches that they, we haven't had any issues with people, you know, looking at their phone or looking at another window on their browser because everybody can see when someone's doing that. Um, and people are going into it with uh, the intention of saying, okay, I'm going to take this experience, you know, not at my work desk, I'm going to sit on the couch in my living room. Uh, They're they're experimenting with locations and sharing that with us uh, as a way for them to try to create their own space for Medley. Yeah, it's not uh, not the same as in person. And we hope to be able to bring people together in person at some point. We just don't know when that'll be. But 
fortunately, we've still been able to create sort of intentionality while meeting virtually. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, you have to to work with what you've got. And just from my own experiences, kind of always building digital first communities, brands, sort of being in this space for so long, I've really come to understand the power of accessibility that it affords to people, um, especially for these kinds of endeavors. And I think in the vein of storytelling, having access to different stories, different perspectives, narratives is so critical, especially in the time that we're living. And so one of the key explorations that I have with slow stories is how do we tell stories with longevity in this sort of chaotic digital landscape? And something that I always like to ask each of my guests is what this idea of slow content or storytelling means to them, especially in the context of what they're building. So for you, what are your thoughts in terms of how that relates to Medley? Yeah, we think of content and storytelling to be really core to the Medley experience, both in terms of the small group space, as well as in uh, events and programming throughout the broader community, as well as providing a space for people to share recommendations and moments of, of learning that they've had from whether it's a book or a movie or Uh, I would say a trip that they took, but (laughs) not a lot of people are traveling right now. So, I mean, we just find that the most meaningful learning, and this is something that we really believe in deeply, really does come from deeper experiences. And uh, I think storytelling and slow storytelling especially is an example of a deeper experience and a a deeper way of engaging with something versus a, a snippet or a headline or a tweet. And so. You know, in the Medley group experience, actually in the second session, uh, everybody goes through an exercise called Life Journey, where they actually share their life's journey. And everybody really very early on in the Medley experience sort of gets a a higher level arc of each person's narrative and, and how they got to where they are now. So that's sort of an example of how storytelling is concretely woven into the Medley experience in terms of the small group. But additionally, you know, we think really thoughtfully around how can we bring in guests and outside perspectives and things like that to host conversations and talks where, you know, it's not a, uh, quick hit panel question format. Uh, it's really more of a, a 15 person or so conversation where there's a high level of interactivity in order to help sort of get beneath the surface. And that's what slow storytelling really represents to me. It's understanding what's beneath the surface and going a few levels deeper and really engaging with something. I mean, with each question and each answer, I'm becoming more and more convinced that I need to sign up. All of these experiences sound so soothing, so soulfully enriching. And I think, again, going back to what you were saying about making sure that our outside perspectives and just making diversifying each group so that members do walk away with, you know, more varied perspective is key. And I think now as we collectively experience more conversation around diversity in all facets of our lives, I'm curious how you hope Medley sort of infuses longevity into the ways that we approach this topic to fuel our growth, whether it's personal, professional, or creative. Because I think with everything that's going on in terms of the the discourse in this country, it's becoming a word that is polarizing in a lot of ways. Yeah, and it's frustrating that it's become polarizing because, you know, Edith and I were talking about this the other day, Um, you know, the word diversity 
it really should just just reflect reality because everybody is so different. And, you know, people might have the same skin tone and still be incredibly different because humans are infinitely complex and no one is the same as another person. And so that's what has been interesting for us, you know, as we articulate the medley story and articulate our reason for for being and and the power of of hearing others' perspectives. We always say that, you know, we one of the things we believe most deeply is that really powerful learning can often come from hearing the perspectives of those who at first seem most different to you because, you know, everybody is different from one another. But at the same time, we're all humans. So, you know, as we think about how we can really impact society and help break down some of the silos that we clearly have right now, we designed and matched the medley group. So that way there is sort of a jumble of people from different parts of the country, men and women, people of different ethnicities, all coming together in this beautiful space. And what we tell people and what people have started to realize is that unless you really work at getting outside of your bubble, it's not going to happen organically. Society is set up and technology is designed to serve as an echo chamber of your current reality. You know, your newsfeed is going to serve you news that you want to see, that you've clicked on before, that you've liked before. And your social media, you're probably following people like you. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's very clear that unless you actively work to get to know others outside of your immediate bubble, it's not going to happen. You know, our dream for Medley is that people start to realize that, yes, everybody is is infinitely different, but maybe they have a moment in their group where someone shares something that really surprises them, that really pushes them, that makes them better able to empathize with other people in other scenarios across their personal, professional, and creative lives, that will be a huge success for us and for the Medley community. Because empathy is something that is clearly really missing right now. And you need spaces to really work on that in order to to make progress and, and grow and learn. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, you're well on your way to being able to achieve that. And I, it'll be fascinating to kind of look back on this conversation a year from now and see where we're at, hopefully, you know, more improved than we find ourselves currently, but definitely changed. I think this is a time of total transformation. And I think what's compelling about what you're doing as well is that it really invites opportunities to connect, but also to ask questions. And so I think going back to what we were talking about in terms of the pace to be able to find the time to do that, as we all sort of endure a slower pace of life, is there a particular question that you hope people start asking you more often during this time? You know, what's what's coming up for me is I want to hear and I want to, it's a balance because on the one hand, I'm not excited about people asking me, oh, how are you? How are you doing? And it being, you know, oh, I'm great. Everything's great. Excited for X, Y, Z. Like, I don't really have space for small talk at this point. And so, you know, in terms of what question I hope that people start asking me, I would love if people asked, how are you taking care of yourself right now? What's giving you joy? And where are you finding moments of rest? Um, because that's what I find. Uh, I've, I've been trying to, to ask people who, who I interact with and my friends and who I'm catching up with. 
I think we all need to share strategies of, of how we are uh, nourishing ourselves, uh, especially over the past few months. And, you know, you said it really well earlier. We can't be as individualistic as we've been. Clearly, society is going to require that we start to think more of the collective we at this point. And so, you know, I would love if people asked me how I've been taking care of myself, really, because I believe that we need to start taking care of each other in a more concrete way. And so always curious about uh, what's giving people energy right now. And I'm really coming from a place of, of wanting to be able to contribute to others' rest and happiness. Yeah. And I think to be able to do that, I'll follow up with that question by having you answer it. You know, what's bringing you joy and nourishment? It's been small things for me. It has been the satisfaction of cooking a meal uh, that I think is delicious and trying a new recipe and sharing it with, with my parents and with my husband, my brother. It has been moments of quiet that have been interestingly giving me a lot of, of a lot of joy. Um, I have been fortunate to get to spend more time outside over the past uh, few weeks in particular. And, you know, moments of quiet outside, moments where I see our new puppy sort of bounce around and there's something very inherently joyous of 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 puppies and and animals in general. So it's been it's really been the small things and that's what I've been trying to center my experience in my day around uh appreciating just the little moments in each day of beauty, of connection and of deliciousness with food in particular. That all sounds heavenly, and I can totally relate to the the joy of having a pet. It's something that, again, takes you away from yourself and your needs. It helps to kind of center you in terms of being able to take care of this being that needs you. And I think for me, books have been something that have been bringing me so much joy. I'm on book 35 of the year as we have this conversation. And it's interesting because, you know, kind of bringing this whole conversation full circle it's about slowing down in our digital age. And I found that by actually doing that myself, despite being so plugged in for work, my relationship with pace has changed for the better. And I think, you know, to kind of bring this particular conversation to a close, I'm wondering, you know, why do you think slowing down our relationship to technology and to content will ultimately help us live, work, and feel better? And also to add on to that, create more opportunities for growth. I think that slowing down our relationship to, to content is going to help us feel better because the pace that society is telling us to go at is completely unsustainable. And I have had periods and I've had moments where I have been working myself into the ground. You know, even as a child, I remember, you know, crazy amounts of schoolwork and practice and activities and not enough time for sleep and for relaxation and for reading. Um, and, you know, I think that this societal pressure on achieving and on outcomes uh, is really destructive and counterproductive. And I think that's been one of my biggest learnings in building Medley and in honestly growing up over the past few years is that you know, you, you can't just be focused on an endpoint. You really have to be focused on, on the journey. And 
the journey really never ends. Uh, working with my mother, you know, she's older than me, uh, and she's very much still figuring out, you know, who she is and what she cares about and the impact she wants to have on this world. And so, yeah, I, I think slowing down our relationship to content is really just a way of being more in touch with the journey and the process. Uh, and growth is really all about a process. It's not about an endpoint. was Jordan Taylor, co-founder of Medley. To learn more about becoming a Medley member, visit their website at withmedley.com. You can also follow both Medley and Jordan on social at withmedley and at edithjordan. Don't forget to follow us on social as well at Slow Stories Official on Instagram and at Slow Stories Pod on Twitter. I'm Rachel Schwartzman, and thank you so much for listening to Slow Stories.